Welcome to Prompted by Nature, a weekly podcast that explores the connection between nature and creativity through storytelling. Each week, we'll dive into heartfelt conversations with the humans working in and with nature to support our planet and the creatures, including us, that inhabit it. Each conversation is punctuated by a meditation and writing prompt created by me, Helen, a meditation teacher, writer and outdoor creativity guide to help you to explore the issues and topics covered in a more meaningful and creative way. Because when we allow ourselves time and space to deeply listen and connect, we bring ourselves closer to a place in which we can truly live prompted by nature. Welcome to episode eight of Prompted by Nature. Episode eight, can you believe it? Uh, the time seems to be whizzing by as it always does at the moment. Um, before I go any further, I wanted to take a moment just to thank you for listening, for being here. And for those of you who have written a review or just messaged me with your amazing words and feedback, um, thank you so much. It really does mean everything. So this week, I'm sharing with you the conversation I had with Ian Solomon Kowal, co-founder of the May Project Garden back in May. Also known as KMT, Ian has over 20 years experience of leading positive social change and raising awareness for a multitude of social issues through the powerful words and rhythms of hip-hop music and a non-exhaustive passion for the environment and conservation. With reverence to his ancestral home, he chose the name KMT, an abbreviation for Kemet, now known as Egypt, to indicate the progressive nature of his indigenous ancestors. His birthplace of South London provides much of the inspiration that galvanises his vision for an inclusive and creative future within a city landscape. KMT combines his love for music and love for nature, grounded in a deep respect for the beauty and abundance of Pachamama, issues of global food security and local food growing systems to entertain and educate. Examples weave together to form the rich tapestry that is the community-led food growing space May Project Gardens, which he designed using permaculture principles. Here he mentors young people, nurturing ideas and fueling passions through music and a connection to the environment through a six-month leadership programme, Hip Hop Gardens. As an artist and MC, KMT has 12 years experience of live performances, tours, festivals, TV and radio appearances, and continues to command audiences of all sizes with his infectious energy, knowledge and skill set, engaging, inspiring and motivating others to empower their futures independently. This was such a wonderful conversation and as such, it was hard to whittle down to just a few bullet points everything we covered in this varied and wide-ranging conversation. But some of the topics we discussed were his background and what led him to create the project, his desire to create safe space and the importance of safe space in encouraging creativity, confidence and trust in the young people with whom he works, the impact of accessible green spaces on mental health, especially in urban settings, nature as art, the importance of making mistakes, biodiversity and celebrating difference, 
looking inwards to create change, sustainability and environmental development as being central to political decisions, learning cultural assumptions and why it's crucial to observe first, ask questions and then help. Creativity is an internal practice and doing the work to make the difference. The need for councils to invest in projects such as May Project Gardens. His metaphor of trauma as compost and the power of listening. It really was an honour to speak to Ian, who serves a community in an area with which I worked as a teacher for a long time. And many of his frustrations at the education system in particular echoed my own, both during my time teaching in South London and now as I watch my own children move through the system, albeit in the very early years right now. The work that Ian and the whole team at MPG does is of vital importance to our young people and I really enjoyed hearing about his commitment to diversity and inclusivity and how he's created a safe space, something I speak of a lot, for the young people he works with to express themselves creatively and, and to enjoy and learn about nature, permaculture and biodiversity in an urban setting. If you'd like to find out more about May Project Garden and their work, or to donate to them as I did, it's really simple and you get a nice little thank you note from the team afterwards. You can find them at www.mayproject.org, where there are also lots of links to their shop to purchase tracks and t-shirts and what you can do to help them grow. To find out more about Ian and his creative work, garden workshops and opportunities to hire him as a speaker, you can go to www3, as in the number three, www.3kmt.co.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, as always, my website is www.promptedbynature.co.uk or you can find me on Instagram at prompted.by.nature. And if you'd like to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this or share it with your friends in real life, that would be an amazing way to support all of the people behind the voices on this podcast. And stick around until the end when I'll give you a little insight into the meditation and writing prompt that follows this episode. Enjoy the conversation and I'll speak to you after. Um, so basically, um, the the background is is that I was a care for my mum for many years, about twenty years, most of my childhood, youth, teenage youth, um, young adult, adult being a young adult, um, and she had mental illness and she had a catalogue of um, uh, illnesses which consequently resulted of her mental illness, so from diabetes to alcohol, being alcohol, being into, being an alcoholic, mm-hmm. to diabetic, to anemic, to bipolar. And so most, most of my life was kind of, um, I was a carer and I was surrounded by that. Um, she passed away in 2005. Um, and then literally the following year, someone moved into my home um, called Randy, who was basically the co-founder of this project. Mm-hmm. It was never set up by me. Um, I was just like, he was like, oh, I want to garden and I was like we've got a big garden go for it like you know what I mean? <laughs> I've got no, I don't do much of it apart from kicking the dirt you know what I mean so um yeah he did that and then it was a real revelation to me because at this time obviously I was kind of bereaved grieving for my mum um also I was kind of at a crossroads in a lot of things I was involved heavily in the music industry mm-hmm. and I just found that the music industry the the it was too 
it was too hyper-masculine, too aggressive, too homophobic, too racist, too, all the isms basically mm -hmm. in the music industry from my experience. And I was much more focused on the social, I was more interested in the social cohesion, social impact of music, the kind of that angle of it, like, you know, music for social causes, political, whatever they are, social. Mm -hmm. So there was that. And then I was also working in the charity sector um, and I found I wasn't really getting my promotion. Um, I found the funding very short, short term. So like those kind of myriads or kind of, kind of, kind of key points kind of made me just kind of think, okay, well, actually something's missing in my life. And actually, ironically, the garden came into being. And um, it was like you said about organic. I like that because it was never, it didn't even have, an, it was just, it wasn't even a name was just, it wasn't even a name to about a year, 2007. It was like, you know, what do we call this thing? Because um, it needed some kind of form. Um, so yeah, his, his surname was Mayers. My mum was called May, so we were like, should I name it after you? He's like, no way, I don't want to name it after me. <laughs> I was like, well, May, Mayers, May Project Gardeners, let's do it. And so that's what it became. So literally all we did was just invite people. Uh, he was the main focus, um, just showing people how to grow, permaculture, natural building, eating from the land, cooking, safe space, all these things that come with, you know, um, gardening. It was a young, young man as well. That was fascinating for me, you know, he was younger than me. So I was like, wow, this is incredible. He's such a young guy who's got such a passion. It opened up a whole world for me, you know, mm -hmm. like a, a, a world where I could see myself for the first time and feel, feel myself fully understood in this space. Um, so that happened about four or five years. Um, and then he left to start a new family. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to continue this? It's such a great thing that's benefited so many people. You know, at one point we used to have about, you know, at one point we used to have about 20 people come to the garden on an open day, you know, it was, mm. it was, it was a real, it was a really popular time. And I was like, wow, I don't have his skill set in terms of, you know, being as um, proficient in permaculture and growing as he was. He's, he had a lifetime of it and I just started working with him. So I was like, okay, well, let me combine my background with education in a charitable sector. Let me combine my music and use those couple of forms to raise awareness and to engage people in, in gardening and permaculture and, you know, environmental issues in a new way. Um, and that's when it started, really. So was that, in a, was that garden on a house or was it on the estate? Because I saw that you worked on an estate in South London and the way it brought the residents together. Yeah. So really... we, you know, it was so unbeknown to me, I'm dyslexic. So I did I was only diagnosed about two, three years ago. So without intuitively, I knew that I wouldn't be able to get funding for this project. I knew that it was a really good thing. I knew that people were benefiting from it because I could see the transformation that was happening when they came to the space, how happy they were, how much they were excited about reconnecting with nature, how just learning about just how relevant nature could be in this day and age. Um, so it was just a case of actually just creating models and ideas and programs on the, this space. So this space is actually, yeah, council house, it's my home. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I thought that was really important because I find that a lot of environmentalism and sustainability all that stuff is not accessible. It's not affordable, it's not culturally relevant. So we were like, well, just come to my house. Like, some people just come and just chill and just lie, lie on the ground and just sleep like in the garden, like, you know. Some people would come and grow. Some people would be really passionate when permaculture courses, there was a, a range. But ultimately, there was a sense that this space had a healing property. And I think that really came from my own personal journey with this space. You know, like, actually, um, 
every time I suppose everyone, someone came and benefited from that, that was kind of like a kind of like a healing for me, if that makes sense. A kind yeah, of yeah. Like a, yeah, so that was kind of, that was kind of how it worked. So it was kind of, I mean, it's not quantifiable, mm-hmm. um, but I was very much aware of this. So I basically was just like, this is working so well. I want to put, I want to invest my energy and time into it. So then what I did, I started creating workshops, events, all started here. And then basically we just transferred them as time progressed into different spaces. So um, we started off having workshops called Natural City Living because we felt that it's really good to, if you live in a rural area and you have a lot of land, that's really great. But actually we're talking about areas of high density, mm-hmm. um, areas of, you know, poverty, just a lot of those, you know, you've been in Southwark, you know the challenges that people face in those areas as well, you know. Um, so all those kind of disadvantages that are presented to them, um, or all those challenges, those social challenges that exist in those areas, I should say. And then also, I kind of was like, I was kind of like, yeah, we just have to do it in a more creative way. So music was a big part of everything that we did. Creativity was a huge part of um, the way in which I worked and the reason why I did that is because I just felt like it was a it was a fresher way of engaging people you know actually just kind of just saying let's garden and I don't think anyone I think it would have worked but it wouldn't have been something new mm. and actually by using creativity um, and actually I discovered later on that actually you know in permaculture there is a participatory um, art angle but I wasn't aware of it at that time um, it was just my background so I just combined the two and I was like let's, let's combine the arts with it so, you know, we, whenever we've done workshops or we've done anything we've done, we've always been inclusive. Mm-hmm. So if we've done a cob oven, like that was six weeks, we invite the local community, we invite young people, we invite partners to come and get involved. If it's, um, for example, like there's a flooring technique in the, in the house called decoupage, again, invite the local community, we advertise it because we basically want to make it accessible to people to see that actually it's not something that's unattainable. Actually, you can do this in your own homes, you know? Mm. So that was kind of the model that we kind of did. So when that kind of was working, we were kind of like, okay, well, this works. So let's kind of, let's crystallize this into a form, giving it a name, giving it a title, let's you know, promote it, let's try and get some work out of it. And that's kind of how it happened, really, kind of very organically, very organically. When you talk about kind of like drawing people in with the creativity and I know, having been a teacher for a long time, how the confidence, because you can have a really creative person, young person or otherwise in front of you, but if they don't have the confidence to actually realize that they have this like ability then nothing kind of comes out it it just you know there's that barrier have you have you noticed any that you know in the work that you do and the the people that you've worked with has there been any has has the nature or just the garden side of it done anything to that in terms of creativity but the confidence as well most definitely. I think the first thing is making it a safe space. Mm. I think that's really important. You know, like um, I didn't do particularly well at school, as I mentioned before. Um, I was diagnosed with dys- dyslexia more recently, but obviously I went through my whole life with that, undiagnosed, you know. Mm. And actually when I look at my reports, you must try harder. Oh, you've written something really well, but you just didn't quite get the point. So it's been an ongoing thing even now that I struggle with. I'm getting better because I know what it is. I just didn't fit in. 
the main focus is academic academia mm. and then the flip side of that is that you know being a young black person in the urban environment is sports that's the kind of you know mm. the obvious routes that you you take and you know like yeah i enjoyed sports but it wasn't something i wanted to make a career of you know like um i just was quite a visionary i was quite i just was a very kind of i was a very kind of um I was, a, well, now, now I know what it's called, but I was an experiential learner. Didn't know it was that at the time. But I was a person that was like, okay, what's the problem? Let's find a solution. Let's do it. Let's implement that. And that's been basically the, the way in which I've worked. Um, so, yeah, this was kind of the main, this was the kind of main way. And, and I think for me, I, I found it, I found it really difficult, not difficult, I found it really difficult, school really difficult for m multiple reasons. Um, but I think that the, what always amazed me was that there was one or two teachers who embodied this alternative way of working, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of being more experiential, being more supportive, being more encouraging, being more almost political. Like I remember one teacher, for example, I was very interested in, you know, like, you know, I was just saying, you know, the school system's not designed basically to to really enhance people. I said, it's, mm. it's designed to dumb young people down. And he was like, oh, really? That's a fascinating. How, what would you come to that conclusion? I was like, well, it's obvious, isn't it? He's like, well, you should check out this guy. And I was like, who's this? Bowles and Gintis. And then I discovered Marx. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, there were moments where I met teachers that were kind of, you know, really able to kind of um, let me pursue my own thought patterns about society and how I'd like to see the world. But they weren't often. Mm -hmm. um, so when the young people come, I think the first thing is that it's a different environment. You know, when they come to the home, they look at the home. I mean, some people look at the space, and they just go, Ugh, like I've had that reaction before. Like, what the hell is this like? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But by the end of it, I remember one young woman in particular, you know, very glam, looks apart, machino, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, you know, we were doing nature stuff and she just looked at it and was like, oh, I'm not touching those apples. Oh, I'm not flies. Mm -hmm. oh, but by the end of it, she was like, I've actually had a good time. Yeah. So what it is, is I think with education, one, you need to give them, give them a safe space, give them alternative spaces, nature. There's more and more studies talking about the, how people need to be outside. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much more studies talking about, you know, the impact of being inside, you know, like 70% of our time, 80% of our time is inside and the psychological effects on that and the physiological effects are going to be huge. You know, they're starting to see more and more studies seen about their impact. But this is the first time in our history that we're seeing more people in urban environments than rural. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to have a cumulative effects to the way in which we communicate, engage, social media, for example. Like, you know, I, I know there's a couple of young boys live around the corner from me. 24-7, now they're in lockdown. All they're doing is literally locking yeah. down on the games. That's mm -hmm. it. And I've got to pull them out. Come, we're doing some carpentry. Come, you know, like, you know, come, we're doing this. They come now and again. That's it. If I can just give them for 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour, accumulatively, then my job's done. Mm. Don't force young people. That's the crucial thing, what we do do. They're not interested to engage. Go back to what you're doing. Because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, um, I, 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 they have to want to do it on their terms. And it's just about us finding ways to do that for them. Another example how that works really well is the art. Mm -hmm. You know, young people come and um, they see the art. And they're like, wow, this is really amazing. And we're like, yeah, great. You know, you can paint it. And they're like, what? You can paint on the walls in the house. And we're like, why not? And they're like, wow. Mm -hmm. So we say, go and paint. 
they've painted the walls, they've created something beautiful for us, they've left a legacy for the project, mm. they feel good about themselves, and I feel great that they've created something for the house. Now, all these things to me, like now I'm talking about it very casually, but it took a long while for us yeah. to kind of confidence to actually go, just do it, you know? Mm. But I think watching nature and how nature kind of expresses art, mm. it's very, it's, it's as, as abundant. So why should we not reflect that in the way in which we work with art as well? So um, yeah, that was your question. I'm not sure. But yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I was just thinking what you were saying about um, how it takes time. And if they're not interested, you just leave them. And I think so much of that is to do with trust because there's yeah. so much that. And that's what I love about when I was reading about the work you do with young people, because it is something that's so close to my heart. I was just like, you can see the, the interaction between the two is just the most important thing. Because if, if they don't trust you, if young people don't trust someone, you're not going to get anything out of them. And that's exactly. just what it is. Yeah. And then with that starts to come the confidence. And then like you saying about the girl who, you know, is looking and like, I'm not touching that apple. I'm not, you know, I'm not engaging in any way. But then as soon as they it's almost like trusting you that then there's that knock on effect of trusting nature yeah, because, yeah. And, and, and I think that's when like, you know, what you were saying about accessibility, I think that's where that comes in and the stigma is completely the wrong word, but that like the, the assumptions that come with possibly like the sort of person in inverted commas that likes to spend time in nature and the people that they've seen traditionally wanting, you know, do you know what I mean? Like those role models aren't necessarily there. And, and, you know, I, I, I speak openly about my experiences at school. I tell them, you know, I even say to them, like, you know, this, this is, if it's not for you, it's fine. Like, but just grab this opportunity. Like I'm not trying to force everyone to become gardeners mm. and to become growers. That's another thing we don't do, you know, how we work. And, you know, I feel like with education, it's so goal centric. Mm -hmm. It's so, um, you know, yeah, so goal centric. It's so A to B, you've got to do this and get to here. And actually, Nature's not like that either. It moves more in a circular fashion as well, mm. spirals, you know. Um, so you learn something, you revisit it, go back to it, revisit it, you learn more, you, you spiral, you call it spiraling. That's a, a form of education, you know. Mm. Um, but that is not learned as well. Also, as you said about the trust, nature's really forgiving. I remember another example when um, a family used to come there, a couple of boys used to come around quite regularly when they used to live around here. Um, they'd done some art in the house. Um, and I was like, they asked me, oh, can we help? And we're like, yeah, of course you can. Can you cut down this, This, you know, can you cut down some herbs right me? Um, the, the, I think it was mint, it was. It was a massive mint plant. I said, cut it down to one third. They cut the whole thing down. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I, I, I caught myself, I said, hold on a minute, what am I getting upset for? Like, actually, it's going to be all right. And I said to them, and they could tell they were a bit, little bit like, sorry, sorry, they felt a bit bad and a bit like, I was like, don't, really don't worry about it. It's actually going to be fine. Mm. And they came back like two, three months later. I said, have you looked over there? And it's grown again fully. Mm. And I feel like this is a very crucial thing. We're not allowed to make mistakes in school. Yes. <laughs> We're not allowed to make mistakes in society. Mm. And actually, if you look at nature, there's perfection in, in its imperfection. Yeah. You know, 
um, there's mistakes constantly happening, you know, there's constantly, but they live symbiotic, they live side by side, they live, you know, in the same space, you know, the, the, the mice, whatever it is, the, the different ranges of species live in, sometimes they're predators, sometimes they're not, but they live alongside each other somehow in some form of harmony. It's mm. not to say everyone gets on all the time, but yet they kind of exist in the same space and they have a purpose. And I think that's so crucial with the education at the moment. Like we're not allowed to let young people make mistakes. And mm. one thing we do here is like, like, you know, oh, I just like, rather than instructing them what to do, I'm like, try it, mm. try it. Experiential, like have a go. I'm not sure, try it, have a go, da, da, da. try it. Oh, oh, and there's that beautiful <laughs> feeling of self-fulfillment and joy because there's the ownership of learning. Um, which is not, I'm, I'm acting as a facilitator. Yeah. Um, I, I use the word, um, I'm sure you know if you work in education, but you know, all this stuff I've discovered later, but the Latin word for education means, is educo, which means the draw of, from within. Mm. And it's interesting, a lot of my intuition and how I do things have not been stemmed by these ideas, but they happen quite organically. Mm. Then later when I find the information or the knowledge that supports that, so, for example, my name is KMT, the freedom teacher. So I'm drawing from within. I'm not forcing any young person to do what they don't want to do. You don't want to come. That's cool. I just had a young person who's a boxer who, you know, is in lockdown. Um, they're allowed to come out once a day. Um, so he just came literally. He knows I'm into music. He didn't know. And he was just basically just in the garden doing boxing while I was playing music. Like, it's as simple as that. He borrows my bike. Take my bike. You know, it's very, there's loads of different ways in which I engage with young people. And I think it's a consistency as well. That's crucial. I'm consistent with what I do. I've been doing this 14 years and I've been doing it in the same place. They know where I'm at. They know they can reach me out and they know I'm accessible. Um, and I think that's really important in terms of gaining trust as well. Yeah, you know? yeah I think there's a lot that lets them down. Of course. Yeah. It's like, you know, like, and it's tough. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm an adult and I feel the same way. I get upset when, like, I spend all this time and I try and apply for a job, I've got dyslexia, and I get let down. And if someone doesn't give me feedback and stuff like that, you, well, I'm an adult that's meant to be fully grown and adjusted, fully, you know, in society. And I still, so, you know, again, with the emotions, there's nothing wrong with the emotions they express is what we do with them. You know, like anger. I think so often they're told you can't be angry, you can't be emotional, mm. you can't be introspective, you can't be this, you can't be that, you can't be yes, you can, but how do we create environments and situations where you can actually facilitate those for doing good and betterment for yourself as opposed to doing harm? Um, mm. that's kind of crucially what that's about. And also I think when you said about the, you know, it's okay to be angry, I think I mean, I, I'm absolutely making an assumption here and completely, you know, please do say, no, you're, you're, not, you're making the wrong assumption. But I'm just, I'm wondering if the young people that you work with, do you work with a lot of kind of young black boys uh, or is it kind of diverse range? I'm just wondering in terms of there was always, because I live down in Brighton now, but I know around, I worked in, like I said to you, I worked in, Southwark and also Lewisham, there was this real thing about angry black men or young angry, you know, and, and it's so hard to 
find that balance. I mean, I, I mean, I think as a, as a white woman, it was kind of hard for me to, to say, look, you know, it's okay because I'm not, I'm not up against the same things, you know? And I think the fact that it's, it's inviting that anger and saying it's okay to feel anger makes, can make such a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a couple of points. So, um, at the moment, we work with predominantly young black boys, mm-hmm. um, but it's an interesting cohort because they're refugees much more than okay. your kind of more urban um, young people. Prior to this, we worked in Marcus Lipton, mm-hmm. um, which is in Southwark, and sorry, which is in Lambeth. Um, and unfortunately, there was a shooting there, so the youth centre closed, so we couldn't really have had to continue the programme there as well. So I suppose ultimately, what I've learned through nature is this notion of and this is what i've been this is why it's been really good to have the methodology and understand nature better this notion of valuing the edges and marginals um and it's something i've seen in nature and understood more and more and actually what i tell people now is actually the margins need to be the mainstream mm-hmm. so what i'm saying about that is that most people like even with women in society we have a situation even to this day women do not get equal pay as men this is 2020. Like, why is this even a de- why is this even a debate? Like, why is this even an issue? So, this is half the population that don't even get equality in terms of finances, and then have the extra responsibility of childcare maintenance if they choose to as well. But that's just women. So, imagine if you're disabled. Imagine if you're working class. Imagine if you've had da 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 da. Like, you constantly like have to mm. deal with those things. So, I suppose. I phrase, I phrase anyone who's marginal, so particularly, from, obviously, my background, I'm a young black, I was a young, I was a young black man. So that's been my experience. So I understand that, like, that, that notion of being marginalised and how people perceive me and how they are. But what it is, is that it transcends all groups of young people. Mm-hmm. Because actually, like, for example, we had one woman called um, Beth from Hearts and Minds, who I didn't know, was very wealthy. I didn't know this at all. And she was a fascinating young woman, very bright, very intelligent. And I was like, and she was in hip hop. And I was like, you know, a lot. like she proper knew to her stuff. And I was like, <laughs> and we brought some artists along and there was like, oh, they're amazing. Like, I love what they're talking about. Love what it's called consciousness. And I was like, what are you into? She goes, I'm into art and music. I said, come to my project. And she came and she spent loads of time with us. And then she had been felled by the CAMS system. Is okay. it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. For many years, Within six months of working with us, and spending time with us, she went off to set her own business up. Wow. So for me... Wow, are- that's huge. Sorry, that's huge. This is, this is yeah. what I'm saying. And this is just one, 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 one example of the power of the work we do. Mm. Because actually, we recognise not being recognised, if that makes sense. Yeah. We have a voice. And actually, we're saying, we're not saying, we, we, we say to people, actually, you do have a voice. Look at nature. It's called biodiversity. You're different. You don't, we don't want to homogenize you. Actually, we want to celebrate your difference. In order for us to make society work, we need to really bring difference. So, yeah, there definitely is a focus in Yap Black Boys because I think they're the most underrepresented or the most, you know, a lot of the money goes, the funding goes to young black boys and all this kind of stuff as well. But, yeah, it doesn't really deal with the systemic issues that they face. Mm-hmm. Um so there definitely is a focus in terms of actually the cohort, but it's not exclusive. Literally, before you, I had a call with you, I was just talking about a boxer. Mm. I won't mention their name because he's a bit private. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but he's a young boxer. He's from Afghanistan. And I've known him for so many years. And literally, 
he just comes to the garden, borrows a bike, chats about food, does a bit of foraging, da 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 da, and we've had that relationship for four or five years. That's fine. I don't push him more than that. But you know what it is? It's just nice that he feels he can come and approach me and say, can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? You know, I've even lent young people money. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, out of my own pocket, not the project's pocket, my own pocket, because I understand the struggles financially. Yeah. Some have paid me back on time. Some haven't. When they don't, I give them life lessons. I say to them, okay, well, you know, this is a bank. You'd be foreclosure. You know, you'd be, you know, you'd be in debt. You'd have bailiffs on your house. I'm not a bailiff. I'm a human being. But mm. communicate the challenges. What's the problem? What's going on? Da, 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 so we can resolve that. And I think this is very much how I work with young people. I just kind of like, I don't try to amplify their problems that they face. I try to find solutions to the problems that they have. And that's a different menta- way of working with young people. You know, what's the problem? You shouldn't be doing that. That's the problem. You shouldn't be doing that. What is the reason for the problem? How can we find a solution to that situation? And that's kind of how I work with young people, generally speaking. But that, and that, not but, and that route is the biggest thing. Because, you know, you're saying like, you're working with the thing that causes the thing. And if you go back far enough, it does come back to, because I think there's, I love what you said about the biodiversity, because I think there's a real link between the way that we treat nature or not we necessarily, governments, Mm. power, you know, very powerful figures, the way that they treat and view nature and the way that they treat and view not necessarily all people, but like you said about like marginalised people and people who don't tick certain boxes. And I think there's so much about teaching, like you say, the people that have been pushed out about this is the thing that we have access to very readily and, and that becoming a power and that becoming a, a, essentially like a force for change. And that's, I think, also what I love about permaculture is it is so, it's that, I don't want to use the word punk, but it's like, it's that do-it-yourself mentality of, you know, it's there, you learn about it, you learn about how the moon affects things and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, But I think it's that, that route when you go back far enough, it's like, how does that, how, how, how do we change that? And that's like a much... Most definitely. And, and, and the thing is, we, we, so this is where emotions are interesting because we always try to externalise that change. Mm. We don't look inwards. And actually, again, being in nature, like it's fascinating prior to me, even prior to me getting into Maple Gardens and creating that hip hop garden, our, our programme, um, you know, and that would have stuff with Dan Goku can eat with young people. Um, you know, I remember just residentials, taking young people away into natural spaces. They become humanised straight away. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it, it, to me, it was like, we spend all this money creating these centers and da, 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 to put them in there, but actually get them out into an environment where mm-hmm. they actually get to learn, like really, really get to learn, you know, about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is crucial for, for um, us. And, you know, with permaculture, you know, so before, before Randy came, I didn't know much about permaculture. I didn't know, understand, but now I have a methodology and I think the methodology for us is really focused on people care. To me, um, if unless it's people care is like, you know, situated within, um, you know, a kind of anti-oppressive, you know, they, they what's the word they use? Uh, intersectionality. It's a, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a kind of, we use it for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and even permaculture, you know, there's, there's challenges for me within permaculture. But the point being is that um, unless it's phrased in that way, it cannot deal with people care. So you've got a lot of people, again, who have a bit more wealth, a bit more affluence, a bit more power, a bit more saying, yeah, just grow this, grow that. Well, some of these young people ain't had a decent meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend time trying to teach permaculture when their basic needs haven't been met. Mm. So that was really interesting when we 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 did a um our first tip up garden, our first formal course at Marcus Lipton because you know we were asked we were tasked very very respectfully by um Lafa Farm to engage with these young people because they saw that what we do with young people and on our first contract with Tip Up Garden. And I was just like, okay, let me go down to the center. And I was just looking around and I was like, they ain't growing, they ain't growing, they ain't growing, they ain't growing shit. <laughs> they're not growing shit. There's no way they're growing. Like these are, you know, tough young lads from, you know, from the urban environment, you know, they've got all these challenges that are facing and they've also got a temptation of that, you know, the, the gang culture, the, the, you know, mm -hmm. the crime, all that. It's just, you know, if you're a business, if you're a mathematician, it's not, it's not that tempting. It's not that tempting. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm going to work 40 years and earn this much. I'm going to do this activity and earn this much in three weeks. Well, hey. Yeah. No, no doubt. You know what I mean? It's not even that. It, to me, it's not even that. It's not. It's obvious what route you're going to do. Yeah. But what was interesting for us is when we went down there, they were gathering in one particular place. And I kind of just, I posed this a question to a lot of people and they're like, you know, well, where, where do you think they gathered a lot in terms of a whole youth club? And I asked a question to people and actually it was a kitchen. Mm. And actually I was like, why are they gathering in the kitchen? Like, why are they spend that time in the kitchen? Decent meal. Mm. So that's when we started the project. We started Hip Hop Garden with this young cohort there because actually it was about just going in there, cooking with them, um not even and like most of our stuff is plant-based vegan like mm -hmm. but we were like we can't go in again imposing that into their environment so we just cook them like the usual food and then week by week we made them healthy alternatives like meat versions of the healthier versions of what they used to have mm -hmm. and then we started introducing more plant-based versions plant-based versions until we completely removed the meat do you know what i mean and actually then they were like oh we're we're <laughs> And, and then they were like, oh, by the way, did you know there's also some food outside? Like some season. <laughs> and outside, they see the beds that we, we, we've nurturing. In the meantime, growing, they were like, oh, wow, look, there's tomatoes. Just, they add that to them. So it's just a way of you always have to find the ways, the, the kind of key points mm. of engagement with young people. You can't just go one model fits all, you know. Mm. Um, with the present cohort, the young refugees, the gardens and permaculture is much more about providing a safe space, a place of sanctuary, yeah. um, just making them feel safe. Because actually, there's a certain connotation with growing from certain areas with poverty. Um, okay. I mean, this is interesting. I didn't. I, yeah. A learning thing for me. Yeah. You know, from countries where, if you're a farmer, you're pretend to be poor, so they don't mm. have that aspiration. So we're like, cool. We're not going to force it, but they love food. Mm. <laughs> so that's the angle. So this is how we work we work very much about trying to get understanding of where the young people are so we can deliver the, the hip-hop garden in particular in that way mm -hmm. i wonder if that has i mean this might be a completely random thought but when you said about you know you started them uh you know 
giving them their regular type of meal, then turning it into a different version. And then gradually it became more and more plant-based and that kind of slow trickle and just thinking that on a kind of wider scale of how these things are never a quick fix. They're never, you know, they're not something you can just go in and change everything because you've got, your heart is in the right place and all of this sort of stuff. And I was thinking in terms of like funding, whether that has an impact on because I know a lot of much especially like councils and government and stuff like that it's so much funding has been taken out of these sorts of programs because it's going to different places or whatever they feel it's not viable or so many different reasons and I wonder if that kind of the idea of it being a slower slow burner is something that doesn't get as much attention as it should because it's not we live in such a fast everything has to be now it's all instant it's instant gratification and that can be if you're say for example you you're a you're a big i don't even know like not-for-profit that gives grants out or even the government they're turned off by that and 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 it can be hard i don't know how you found in so, terms I mean, of that's my mic prior to me Maple Leaf Gardens I worked in that environment and that's what mm. I saw all the time okay. I, I saw you know like you know um us creating some really good projects engaging young people building trust and then three years after three years the money's gone yeah and I was just like that is actually counterproductive so I really wanted to kind of um stay away from that now we've had success and failures because actually we still now get some grant funded for nine years, we weren't grant funded at all. We really have no funding. Uh, our work was basically just either DIY, as you mentioned before, punk kind of vibe, which mm -hmm. is kind of resonates with hip hop as well. That kind mm -hmm. of much more kind of DIY ethic. It's very much yeah. um, in that. And I want to give a shout out to Graham Burton. Check out his work. And if you know him, he's okay. one that I really, really like. Um, and, then, you know, he's a slightly older gentleman to me. Punk background. But we get on like that. Mm -hmm. Because actually we see the kind of the vision of what we're trying to achieve. And he always name checks me and I always name check him. His work is great. Um, so yeah, he's a punk. And I'm like, I love what he's about. Do you know what I mean? Because actually he knows that actually there needs to be a bit of disruption in terms of yeah. work. In terms of the observation, it's interesting again, because it's the same thing I've referenced before in terms of Marcus Lipton, like you have to observe the environment. Mm. Very often when you have power resources, you go into the environment and you think you know the answers and therefore, when you don't get the outcome, you're like, what happened? And that's why we don't work in that way, because actually the first thing we do is um, we observe. And you're right about the pace. We work at a gardener's pace. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we work, And that's also something, as you said, that funders are, don't really want to invest in, investors want to put in. But what's really interesting is that now there may be a reevaluation because actually it's brought how it's brought home to a lot of people like for me in particular um although because of the slowing down and the lack of distractions people have become more focused on what's important mm. and actually there's people that are calling me up and ringing me up who i've never heard from seven eight years ago oh i heard you're a grower you're doing this you're doing that doing that and i'm like wow mm. and that shows me that actually people have had not just young people but everyone have yeah. has missed distractions to focus on what's important What's important? You see the queues in Sainsbury's or <laughs> food. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's interesting because when I deliver the hip hop garden program, when I created it, I always brought the business side of it. 
I always bring the business side of it. I always say, look, you know, if there's ever going to be a CV19, this is retrospectively. Yeah. And look who's the ones, the businesses that are thriving, you know? Yeah. So it makes sense, you know? Um, but, you know, just the way you communicate that. So definitely in terms of actually the pace. Um, but there are funders out there. That's the thing yeah. is what I'm learning. And there are different ways to get funding. But again, mm. you have to be a bit more sophisticated about how we are in terms of actually getting that, you know, money. Um, also, again, you know, imagine if you're not very good at school and you've got to do a funding application. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, I'm, 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 I like, I'm just, I'm finished. And so as a consequence of that, I was just like, well, I'm not going to even invest my energy into that. What I'm going to invest my energy into delivery. So time and time and time and again, you've got the videos, young people talking, um, projects from videos, you saw a couple, mm -hmm. yeah. and there are testimonies as well. You've got, you know, like a young person that performed with Sadiq Khan um, with me, you know, talking, rapping about trees and soil, you know, like that's kind of what we do, you know, because actually that's the way in which we, um, we're, we're, you know, the way in which we evaluate, we promote, and we also celebrate, you know, mm. there's many different aspects of the way we use creativity. And what's really interesting now, it's becoming more commonplace, but in the environmental movement, but when we first did it, no one was doing it, you know? Mm. And now, you know, all these little projects are kind of popping up. Oh yeah, let's add some art into it. Da, 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 da. We were like, yeah, we did that 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So often it seems like such a no brainer in terms of like, this is how you change society. It's by listening to people. It's by engaging people in, um, these sorts of smaller projects and I think that's ugh, I know you know someone with like me with a background in, in education and doing it for a long time that's the thing that frustrated me the most was the inability to recognize what works and what doesn't work you know I'm very much about energy and I'm all about I'm very much like with certain organizations like this is just like uh, it was funny like you know um, it's really about the approach. Mm. So, for example, if an organisation that is big and huge goes to me, like the the, the 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 privilege that exists within a charitable sector is, is just ridiculous. Mm. I get so many emails. Could you send us young people? Can you? I'm like, how do you propose we do that? Mm. Oh, can you just get them to this event that we're doing? And basically, all they want is the young people as a commodity. They don't yeah. want to partner. They want to support us in actually helping us develop a partnership mm -hmm. to get us to grow. And then they just want that kind of accessibility. They know that we've engaged young people very creatively and very well. And they just want that. But we don't do that. So we actually say it's really interesting because what we try and do much more now with organisations, we offer them training. Mm -hmm. And actually, in order for them to actually work with our young people, they have to go for a training because yeah. actually it's really important. You know, you expect so much for the young people in terms of transformation, but yet you as a staff or an organisation don't do that same process. Mm. That's a bit of an inequality going on there. I think that's a bit unfair. So yeah. we definitely challenge that in terms of how we work as well. So um, this is the little things we bring in to kind of create. So in terms of your own creativity, how, because you give a lot. Yeah. And I know, I know what it's like when you give to something that feels so you know, that you're really passionate about. It doesn't really feel like you're giving and it, actually it fills you up and, you know, it's, it's lovely. But <laughs> so, so, so what do you do to stay creative, to stay with your glass as full as it can be? 
I think um, one of the things that I'm I'm doing more and more, I think, and it's become this is why it's really interesting with CV19. Um, what I, I always do, I always put some time aside for my own personal creativity mm-hmm. and I lead by example. So for example, when um, I I was into hip hop as a music form and as a dancer and a promoter and da da da, I liked the, the, the ability to kind of tell stories, but also social narrative, but also challenge and disrupt. That's what I really liked mm-hmm. about hip hop. And I also liked the possibility of inclusivity. So mm-hmm. prior to Maple Gardens, I was always interested in this thing called a cypher, which actually, if you look at the garden, mm-hmm. that circle, that Fibonacci circle that you see on the snail yes. cipher mm-hmm. is there. So yeah. you know, all these things were happening prior to me even understanding, like, you know, that connection with nature. So mm-hmm. it's there. So the cipher was a basic circle of MCs and they all shared and they all wrapped and they all, that was what my focus was. I was about collaboration. It wasn't about this battle thing. You know, there's room for that. That's not what I was about. Yeah. So the main things that I do is have quite a strict routine and mm-hmm. um, a very strict structure. Um, and what I do, I always put a time aside for my own creativity as well. So when I first, um, you know, I asked, approached quite a few artists, established artists within the scene that I was in, can you help me make a song about environmentalism? And they looked at me, what, make a song about apples? They're <laughs> 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 laughing. And then I was like, why are they laughing? Like, we eat food every day, surely, like, is, as an MC. But that was showing you how narrow they're, 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 the, the way in which they were thinking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I've been through hip hop. We cover every single topic. We can talk about bums till the cows come home and progress. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk about food. I was like, what the hell? Like, what's going on here? So I said, okay, let me do it. So I started. Mm. And what it is, is that because I'm managing the project, I don't have enough time to do my own creativity. Mm-hmm. But since CV19, that's changed. And what I'm doing now, I'm bringing creativity to every single part of my day. Before I used to kind of pull it as because I need to be quite focused mm-hmm. um and I used to basically just have it as a um a day or two for my creativity but now I make it integral to every single thing that I do so literally before you called up I was DJing and then there was a young boy doing his little gym boxing while that I was playing music as well like it's just those subtle ones you know mm-hmm. like um my creativity is about martial arts I'm a big I'm big into capoeira um, so that's another thing. I DJ, um, I MC, and also I can't even show you, but my whole house is my house is like it's creative hub. Like, I saw I saw as you came up the stairs the painting of the was it like a vine? Oh wow! That's right. Do you know what I mean? So that is wow. um, those are. Um, it was interesting because um, I learn from everybody that comes on site, particularly they've got expertise. So the lady came and she did decoupage, her name was Zawadi, mm-hmm. and she was creating collages downstairs and using paper to d- design, like, you know, to, to, to beautify, transform mm. spaces, very cheaply. And I was like, this is amazing. And I just did like, I had these flyers on, on, in my bag and I was just sitting there for ages and I was like, man, what, I, what can I do with them? And I just started kind of just putting one and I was like, next thing you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm doing what she taught me, like, you know, <laughs> So the creativity for me doesn't just manifest externally. Mm-hmm. Like if you come to the site, the whole space has got a creative feel to it. Yeah. Art in this wall, 
design, the permaculture design is, is, is throughout, you know, so that's kind of how I do it as well. So you might not hear maybe as many outward products in terms of tracks and, um, you know, performances and stuff like that, because if you come here, the whole space is creatively. Um, yeah. I had a friend who I actually for about six or eight years, who one of my key friends from my hip hop days and, you know, he's done really well. Like he's got a business and when he came, he was like, Oh, so this is what you've been up to. And it's like, it's just like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Like everyone just kept like, because obviously it's creative, but I didn't know that this is, and I think this is really important because we almost assume that because you're creative, you have to be, you have to push that creativity externally. Yeah, um, it's true. And that's a whole, that's a business and a whole mm. PR model which is it has its place I'm not going to knock it because you know if you succeed in it well done to you you know but for me I was far too sensitive to that stuff mm. I couldn't I couldn't battle or navigate my way through it I just was too even now I'm talking to big record companies massive record companies massive entertainment industry individuals talking about sustainability are they investing in me no and I'm like okay cool I'll just keep doing my thing Mm. because you know they 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 really want to quantify them and 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 you know they really want to kind of um they want to exploit um the creativity within their organization there's nothing wrong with exploitation if you succeed and and, and progress like you know it's a good business model like if you're benefiting from that. <laughs> yeah. but it's actually some lot of casualties that you know mm. people don't hear about so me i'm like you know what when you're ready you know where i'm at come find me you know but it's far easier to sit in an office and talk about sustainability and environmentalism yeah. than coming to a garden and actually live that lifestyle. And actually doing it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, so what, <laughs> I just feel like there's so much you can say about that because, you know, there's people making decisions about the world without actually being in the world. And, you know, there's just, <laughs> there's just so much. It drives me absolutely yeah. insane that someone who lives, sits in the office mm. tells me about sustainability. Mm -hmm. Like you're in the office nine out. Listen, you saw where I was earlier. Mm. If whenever there's a good day, if I'm working, I'm either planting, I'm training, whatever I'm doing, but I'm in my garden. Yeah. I don't have to just be, and there's a kind of, there's a whole physiological observation sensation health immunity it's all these things that are going on subtly within the mm. space that you know um that mean it informs the way i work and my methodology which means um there's a nice phrase um if your roots are deep don't fear the wind um and that's basically it for me you know like we've been doing this a long time now so i'm not worried about you know organizations and trying to replicate what we do and try to try and cat well you know it's it's happening it's happened you know mm. and it will happen again but the point is they're not they've not planted their roots in nature like we have and um, so there's no way you can get the outcome that we we have so i'm like if you want to rep if you want to replicate this please i'm encouraging you to then we can then we're finding a different connection because we're talking about nature mm. but very often people want to take the short route um in this environmental movement in nature but nature again permaculture steady and slow, slow. Mm. you know yeah and i think that's why it's so important what you're doing because 
like you said, like not everyone has access to those green spaces, to a garden, to, you know, like a window box, wherever, or just a small patch of land on their estate. And you're giving people access to your garden freely. You're supporting people, teaching them. And then those, the roots that are already there are being, it's like, oh, you know, it's that, oh, and I, I'm such a big believer in that's how change comes is, is not from these big grand things of like, we're going to go and do this. It's the small, tiny little things of like putting a little poster up somewhere about a tree in your neighborhood. And that's, this is what it does. And then someone reads it and goes, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I, th I think I've got one of those in my back garden or so-and-so's got theirs, you know, in the park or whatever. And it's, it's that like very slow lighting of little flames everywhere and I feel like that's why project your project projects like yours are so important because it's not about the big things it's about the little things which really have a ripple effect yeah absolutely yeah that's it yeah it has a ripple effect. It's, 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 it's it because ultimately I think there's someone at, I can't remember the quote but it was you know what we're dealing with is humanity yeah we're dealing with being a human being again actually there's a conversation there's getting to know somebody there's getting to converse with somebody like you know all those little things make make us come out of our comfort zone so for example for me like i live in a well it was it's changing demographic now but it's predominantly white area mm. and i know that still even to this day locally people still view me as, and look at me a certain way and think oh this guy da, 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 da. i'm like cool but they've never taken the time out to speak to me about what mm. i do how i am those who have the young people predominantly are like or not even that they actually there's some there's some good people in the community that know what i do and they're fully supportive like they know what i'm doing but the majority of people there's kind of not the majority quite a lot of people yeah have a perception of me and they don't want to get past that and so this small these small localized solutions create dialogue yeah create care create humanity create responsibility you know um and that's a little bit harder because actually you're investing yourself into that as well. And it's far easier to be like, oh, I've got a project where I'm slightly distant from that engagement and I can present that. I don't have to fully immerse myself into mm. it. Well, actually I'm fully immersed. Yeah. I'm anybody can come into my space at a certain time. Not always, it's been a lot more yeah. open, but it's, 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 it's been, it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a, bit of a burnout, you know, which mm. happens quite often in grassroots. So now I'm just like, you know what? this is the best day for you to come. And then maybe I've got some support to actually support me and actually facilitating those people coming into the space. But yeah. that took a long time to get there. Um, and I think that creation of boundaries is important, not just for yourself, but the people that you work with. Most definitely. Most definitely. I think, you know, more and more, I'm feeling an internal confidence and self-belief in what I'm doing. And I'm seeing the growth and just these kind of conversations and you know like I've met I've met the Prime Minister now Prime Minister several times I've mm -hmm. met the mayor several times you know how does that happen when <laughs> we're just a garden project do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean like yeah. so that is you know those are key indications to me we're doing something right yeah and I don't know exactly what it is we're doing right I have firm belief in nature and the methodology but it doesn't kind of go this is the template mm -hmm. all i know is that by being open being just like nature like being as 
being as um, open with your resources as possible, you can make major transformation, mm. huge transformation. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, I went, <laughs> I was mad. I went, where did I go? I can't remember where I went. I think it was France one time. And literally I was like, oh, KMT. Yeah. And I was like, what the, I'll <laughs> give it a rest. And I was like, and so although these are small things, they, it's, ah, there's a, almost a, um, there's two layers to society and I, again, nature. So there's, there's above the soil, which is the mainstream society, which is what mm-hmm. we, 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 we're in and exhibit. Mm-hmm. There's a whole system in the earth soil, which is connection, which is roots, which is networks. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're part of as well. So the underground, you know, below the mainstream exists. So I, I may not be as known as I pop up now, like fungi, I pop up now and again and like, <laughs> Hey, come with the mirror. But in the meantime, there's a whole system of networking. So, and that's huge. Mm. So it might not be seen as huge within the mainstream, but in terms of actually globally, our reach is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know, India, Africa, Brazil, Mm. um, you know, South America. You know, like um, we've connected with so many people globally and organizations globally who've been inspired by what we do and have connected with us for what we do. And I found that gives me more heart than anything else, mm-hmm. because actually if I try to be polite as possible, if I focus on the lack of support within my local area mm-hmm. from institutions, like even I got an email from um, a council member um, saying, you know, we really like what you're doing, da, 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 da. and I'm like, okay, straight away, where's the money? Mm. Where's the investment? I, I don't want to have conversations with the council talking about doing stuff uh, or having a conversation about stuff when we've proven our success. Mm. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. If you're truly committed to social change and good in your community, invest resources into our work. If mm. you don't, that's fine. I'm not going to fight the council or anybody to kind of do that because you know what? Other organizations will do that for us. Ways that are beneficial to us and themselves. Um, Mm. And that's our focus now, really. I would love to have, you know, like this borough particular, this borough is the second greenest borough. Mm. And we have this potential to be such an amazing example of how to live sustainably in community and their regeneration. They want to put Starbucks. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's just, it's so short, it's short, so short. Create another high street, more yeah. shops than I can afford, more coffee, mm. more food. It's just like, people come here because of the green spaces. Like yeah. this, we have trees, we have apples, we have, I see people foraging. Like a mm. lot of people from the Eastern Europe who have come from that background recently, they still know about this stuff and they, they, they remind them. And I, I love that, you mm. know? And I really, you know, if I was in a better position of power, you know, or have more influence with the council, I'd be like, let's plan the regeneration plan on the basis of sustainability and environmentally. Let's start with that as our point mm. um, and work backwards. Mm. But hey, that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like if, if it's not environmentally sustainable, or maybe it's the other way around, because I was going to say, if it's not environmentally sustainable, it's not socially sustainable, but maybe it's the other way around. I mean, they, they tie kind of, yeah. Earth care, fair share, and people care. Absolutely, you know? yeah. So, you know, you, you can't have earth care without people. This is why we focus on people care. If, mm. if we were 
absence as a human species, the earth would be fine. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. like, oh, great. Look what's happening with CV19. You're hearing all these stories where fish are coming back for the first time. Mm. Birds are coming back, migrating. My friend had a, a monk stag come into his garden, you know, lives in, lives in Cambridge, you know. Wow. It was like, just kept coming to And I'm just, all these, all these are clear signs for me that it's us as human beings that are being so invasive on the environment that they kind of don't feel comfortable. We're having yeah. a, and, and the all reports say it, the RSBCB, you know, all these reports talk about the, the, the erosion of species by the, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's happening and accelerating, not just in the UK, globally. Globally, yeah. You know, so I'm like, but yeah, everything that we use, computers, mm. everything comes from the environment yeah but yet we just exploit it that's mm. our relationship with it like it's just such a it's such a power driven relationship and it causes power driven because no one really sees the connection with nature how it benefits from just beyond our needs mm. you know um and so i get it yeah. you know what i'm saying it's right i don't in fact it's completely no it's, it's not it's not no it's not about me saying it's right or wrong it's not about that but i'm just like you do the maths yeah <laughs> you know you talk about social isolation talking about bad diets talking about lack of resources talking about okay well yeah there's know? another there's another way <laughs> exactly it's not the right or wrong it's the there is we don't have to do it this way exactly and this if we're not sure let's try let's give it yeah a, let's be yeah. brave like let's give it mm. a bash because we're seeing globally it's not working the same things are happening all over the world you know we're seeing you know the increase in mental illness. Mm. We're seeing the increase in disease. We're seeing the increase of, you know, like with young people, I'm going to be doing the hope that before CV19 came in, I've just been given the, 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 the opportunity to work in a school to literally transform the school. I was like, so nice. excited. Yeah. So excited. I was like, finally, like someone gets it. Like their deputy head's been super, super supportive. And I'm like, damn, that's crashed. But, you know, there's just that, that, that notion of knowing that actually what I've been doing all these years actually resonates with people and there's a need for it, you know. So um, it, it just, we just need to just, and I'm not like, I'm like, I'm not telling anyone not to party and boogie and, you know what I mean, have my, yeah. I'm not doing any of that, but at what cost? Yeah. What cost, mm. you know, like... So what's the one thing that your journey or your work, either or, or both, has taught you that you would like to pass on to others? It's this notion of there's many, but I like this, this notion of compost. I, mm. I, teach, I talk in nature. And mm -hmm. what I, I, I refer to compost is this, is this thing that we, we all have as human beings, whether it's privilege and being comfortable talking to certain types of people or traumas or stuff that we carry baggage whatever it is we all have this thing do you know what i mean we all have weak blind spots weak spots do you know but that's kind of like a waste material now if you put that waste material in the right environment it can can be converted into something beautiful that's beneficial to the environment and society as a whole so i just use that metaphor in terms of actually people's trauma i'm a perfect example of that you know my mum had a very difficult life I had a very difficult life, but look what I've created as a result of actually just connecting with nature and reframing those difficulties to value the marginal, 
to value the voices of the voices, to care for nature, all, creating safe spaces. All these things have come out of that experience. The crucial thing, listening. You know, when I was younger, I used to go to the mental hospital and go see my mum. And it was this very disturbing situation. Like me as a young person going there, it's horrific. But I used to listen to the patients and I'd be like, I don't understand why they're here. I didn't get it because actually what they were saying made sense to me. Mm. But it's just, we don't listen. We live in a society where, you know, if we are articulate, if we speak a certain way, we have certain qualifications, we have economic power, people are in all of those things. But actually, one of the biggest things we can do is actually listen, listen to the planet, listen mm. to others, listen to, um, it's a real thing. So this compost and listening are the crucial things that I think we can um, take away from being into nature. If we listen, there's many, um, there's many voices, many ways that communication happens. Yeah. And not just verbally. Yeah. Yeah. There's low, the forms of expression, isn't it? There's so many different ways. Um, thank you so much thank for you. chatting. Um, it's been a real pleasure and thank yeah. You. How can people contact, you know, get in touch or find yeah. out more about the project, donate, that kind of thing? Oh yeah, donate, first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very, you know, yeah. like, we're, like, you know, we're, we're not, like, it's still a council house. I don't own mm. this place yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to, and I want to be able to take more control of it so we can develop it further and do more work. So um, if you go to website mayproject.org, mm -hmm. that's our main website. And from there, you can go to all our social medias, the donate page on there as well. The event Come We Grow is on pause because obviously social isolating the CV-19, but that will come back. That's mm -hmm. a way to engage with us. Um, we do have open days. Again, they're on a hold again um because social distance and stuff like that as yeah. well. but there are a few individuals that you know because it's with key workers in some sense we distribute food and stuff like that as well so you know people that are in the food industry do come and spend a bit of time in the garden um you know which is great mm -hmm. um, so when we kind of the, the, the lockdown has been lifted the open days on a sunday are definitely way to con get involved in, with us and then also my personal website which is um the number three kmt.co.uk and you know if you're inspired intrigued make a commitment to action that's what i say to people like don't be inspired to go off and do your own thing support what we're doing mm. you know it's too easy to do that like if you're inspired why don't you come and actually because that's a much more invested model collaborate yeah. you mm. know people like i give talks and have to go off and create something similar i'm like well, why don't you just come up with us like, or invest in us, and then you can benefit, then we can benefit, you know? There's a donation page on the May Project Gardens, there's a social media, um, there's a new track out that we've got, which is um, from the Young Refugees from the Hip Hop Garden called Freedom Now. Um, there's lots of links to stuff that is available to purchase and invest in as well, so that would be amazing. Cool, thank you. I was just thinking about what you were saying about people, you know, instead of setting something up similar, just come and work with you, it's that idea of the spirals again. You know, like rather than just being linear, like all branching off, it's actually. And, 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 and that's it, you know, like, you know, the, you know, the nature of cause lines, straight lines. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. Do you know what I mean? Like it works with this. So it's like, again, that system of working, what people are so used to doing and thinking that they actually create something amazing. Actually, it's not, it's not a natural system of way of working. It's a, it's a, it's a man-made, I say yeah. man -made 
way of work because yeah. <laughs> you know yeah well thank you again yeah i'll put all of that on the show notes and yeah it's it's been an yeah a real pleasure uh, maybe an honor i'm not sure <laughs> probably I, I, I'll, I'll take it I'll take yeah. <laughs> it's weird because like the last couple of conversations i'm getting that kind of like like that accolade i remember one woman uh brought her son i think from taiwan over i didn't know why we did airbnb once upon a time trying to, mm-hmm. trying to basically bring in some income mm-hmm. and she brought her son over and she called me this thing called buddha saka i don't know if i pronounced it right um and i've only discovered fully what it meant and actually it's one that basically helps them to become more enlightened yeah and I was like, Fucking hell, that's a bit much mm. but actually this is what we do it's not like this is not this is not it's not me coming from a place of ego per se Mm. it's actually coming from a place this stuff actually works and it's actually historically worked it's that alternative we're talking about actually helping myself to help others is is service Mm. you know and you know it goes beyond you know there's no way if we didn't there's no, I, I truly believe that there's no way this could have worked if we adopt, adopted a very kind of business orientated model. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, operated an organic model, a natural model. And actually, we're still here 14 years later. Yeah. You know, and growing and succeeding and, and, and improving and making mistakes. Making yeah. mistakes. Yeah. The journey. Yeah, I teach, I'm teaching my kids a lot that mistakes are really important. And my daughter now, she's, at the, she's only six, but now she's at the point when she makes mistakes, she'll say, that's okay, I learnt. And even like if her and her brother get in an argument because he's only four, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and something happens or someone falls and bangs their head or something. And it's like, right, but what did you learn? Well, I learned not to jump and climb on the cupboard or whatever it is they're doing. Um, and yeah. then that, that's that's the that's the ownership of learning. Yeah. You know, we 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 they you know human beings people generally speaking do have that capacity, mm-hmm. but they're not encouraged to do that as well. There's a fear. There's a scared. You know, or you're gonna get hurt. There's a, I understand it, but mm-hmm. actually you've just demonstrated that just by with your young children how effective that works. Mm-hmm. Why don't we apply that more universally? <laughs> I know. I know. I think the world would be very different. <laughs> it's hope so. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening wasn't that a wonderful conversation i hope you enjoyed listening to and learning from ian as much as i did in the meditation and writing prompt that follows this we'll be exploring the concept of nature as safe space in a creative way as always i'm thinking of you and sending you lots of love happy writing and i'll speak to you soon